0: the Outlook where we talk about big ideas from smaller teams. I am Robert Allen. With me as always is Sai, Marketing Maven, and Doodling Devotee. I got oh, version. thank
1: you. Hello. How's Hi. life, Sai? Good, good. Still alive, so that's a good thing.
0: That is always a good thing. So, first thing I wanted to talk about was i noticed e3 that the love affair with indies just wasn't as pronounced this year traditionally the, the big pressers will have what's called the sizzle reel uh which is a montage of upcoming usually indie titles they're shown while dubstep plays in the background and yes <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you that have is to say that you have i to. think that is a contractual obligation so It is yeah, isn't there, the context, I guess. There has to be dubstep uh Roll14. Roll <laughs> but one of the things you might have noticed with Sony... Sorry, uh, nobody
1: can afford a Dell.
0: Only you. Uh... No, not even I can afford a <laughs> Dell. Uh, so one of the things you, you might have noticed with Sony, uh, who traditionally offers up one of those montages, is they didn't have one this year. So Sony Interactive boss, Jim Ryan, uh, when questioned about the absence, he, he stated, and let me read the quote here, it was just good to talk about it in 2013-2014. It is less relevant now. We have VR That's to talk security. about now. For example, that is a horrible. And and Sony's PR, I don't know what the hell they're saying. They're saying that backwards compatibility doesn't matter. Nobody wants to play Gran Turismo, the older versions from PS1, PS2. Nobody cares but about that. There's,
1: there's basically <laughs> no, no real information as in why they didn't.
0: Well, well, get this. He would go on to explain that the method doesn't allow, the montage doesn't allow viewers to learn enough about the games in that... It's almost, and this is another quote, it's almost viewed as wasted time. Which, strangely... Wasted was, time! Yes, Ouch! Was, which, strangely, was their approach to VR. Where they showed a number of games that they showed in Inpatient, uh, Moss, Bravo Team, Skyrim, Monster of the Deep, again, in that rapid-fire succession without much in the way of context. So, you know, they're pushing VR, but, but not so much the indies. And that's not to say... That e3 didn't have some indie gems if you ventured into some of the concourse rooms that the general public either avoided or I'm not sure if they were even allowed to enter so one of the best offerings ready for this was extended by team seventeen and when I say team 17 what's the first thing you you think about
1: right now not much I'm actually surprised at this I missed most of e3 basically because I had I had personal situation happen that week and I was in the hospital and stuff but Aww. I'm actually surprised to to hear here. Such horrible for when it comes to indies.
0: Yeah. So the correct answer was worms. Lots of worms. But here's the thing inside their <laughs> booth, not a single worm in sight. Instead, a trio of really promising efforts. So the first one I'm really excited for is a title called Genesis Alpha 1. In description, it might sound a bit like, and hold it for a second, No Man's Sky. But I assure you, it's really different in, in scope. How would you
1: compare that way? That's a horrible. <laughs> That's
0: so, easy. so yeah, there, Don't there are you a lot like of them? I do, I do, but there's a lot of similarities. So, uh, the developer, Radiation Blue, they've worked on titles like Hitman, Blood Money, and Spec Ops: The Line. So they they have it under control. The plot of of the game it depicts life on Earth kind of spinning out of control. There's war, depleting resources, and, and as such, we're pushed into sending a ship into the stars so we can colonize and begin the belligerence anew. So so one of the first gameplay screens that I saw, it, it paid homage to older games, really older games, like Star Raiders from the old Atari computers and even the ancient and when I say ancient I mean even older than me, so really ancient. The, <laughs> old, the, old, the old Star Trek mainframe game, um, which was, you know, adapted for everything from like the Commodore computers, Commodore. 64.
1: Oh god, so, please stop I feel like a dinosaur already
0: Yes, dino talk here So, so anyway, <laughs> you brought up this, this grid of coordinates on screen With each quadrant having supplies That can be used to augment your ship But here comes the hook You don't actually go down and investigate the planet Yourself, unlike No Man's Sky Instead, you send down a scout ship And then they come into the bay delivering the goods But if you're a sci-fi fan You know that sometimes you get a little bit more than what you intended And so different types of Xenos get aboard the vessel So when it lands some attack directly And others sneak into the bowels of your ship They nest, they multiply And then they cause damage um, Like some kind of celestial termites uh, to your ship So you see visual damage as you go explore Wow,
1: you have not lost it with your words (laughs)
0: like, <laughs> am, I, am I on point today so, <laughs> so anyway yes, uh, very much so so beyond the <laughs> shipbuilding and dealing with the random the the crisis that pops up, you also go on bug hunts so you exterminate the the stowaways and your ship which kind of recalls alien um really nice no it, worms
1: though no I didn't see any worms sorry I saw some <laughs> sorry i saw I had some to,
0: insectoid sorry. type stuff um but no worms so that would have been cool a Homage to their own. Yeah, a little property. cameo so, there. <laughs> yeah, especially if they launched artillery fire at you. That would have been really cool. Like a sheep or something. Anyway, um, I'm getting off topic. The game uses the Unreal Engine, Unreal Engine 4. Everything looks really modern and clean, moves at a silky smooth fr- frame rate. So it's really interesting because you have Unreal 4, and then you contrast that against certain screens, which go back to that kind of 70s sci-fi look that was popularized, you know, in the Alien movie and things like that. So definitely excited about that one. Um, next up I saw... Exca- this like fun. Yeah, it definitely is. I saw Escapist 2, which adds drop-in and drop-out multiplayer to the game, as well as move the visuals before they were kind of 8-bit-ish, and now they look more uh, like they have been pulled from the 16-bit era. Still pixelated, open-world romp. From which, your time, which...
1: you mean? No, sorry.
0: No, I, I'm back sorry. in like... Sorry! <laughs> I'm back in the sorry, ages sorry, of Mattel handheld continue. football.
1: Continue. No, no, it's fine. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just...
0: That was a low blow, by the way. <laughs> So Anyway, uh, so, so it, it's pixelated. I'm sorry. It, it, it replicates the Hitman franchises, that level of autonomy, as you work either by yourself or with others to, to break out of the, uh, of the prison. And what struck me is Team 17's level of research. So one of the things I, try, I would do is just ask them the, these wild questions about things like modeling Stockholm Syndrome and maybe the architecture of different prisons. And for Wait, every what? time, I would ask them these crazy questions about prisons. Right? And they were never at a loss for a response. What's wrong with you? (laughs) 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 What's
1: wrong with you? Well,
0: it's only about a half hour show, so I don't have time to get into that. But one of the things that I really enjoy. When I'm talking to developers, is talking about the source material and how much research went into this. So I, I won't talk too much about it because obviously it's boring you. But the re- the level of research is there, <laughs> and, and they try to they try to recreate as much as they can, but still kind of you know maintaining that sense of fun and playfulness. And so um, the the first prison, the one that they showed, was set at kind of an Alamo, and was really interesting. The, the different architecture, and they did promise they didn't talk. I, I asked specifically about different environments environments. environments. They didn't want to talk too much about them, but there is, um, they they told me, or they did leak, uh, a setting of a, um, what they call a country club prison in the United States, which uh, looks kind of cool. So this one, uh, I won't talk too much about it, but if you like the original, this one is a no-brainer. One thing that's not in the game, probably saving for Escapist 3, is that you, with the multiplayer, there isn't the ability to be a prison guard. Which would be kind of cool. You could have prison guards, and then you could have the, um, the captors, and then you could recreate the Stanford prison experiment. Obscure reference. Wow.
1: <laughs> so, lastly. I'll a little bit, yes. Yes. <laughs>
0: lastly, uh, <laughs> there's Yoku's Island Express, which in execution might be the closest thing we've got to a spiritual successor to Sonic Spinball. So, players, they control. Wow,
1: big words. <laughs>
0: Yes, they control a small Get this, a dung beetle Who rolls a ball <laughs> of I don't actually remember what the ball is So I'm a bad host Something, some white ball That's in, that's through this ever-expansive network Of loops, there's curves, there's bumpers And flippers Like Spinball, the stages are absolutely massive and with Island Express, they're they're they all connect with no loading screens. Building this kind of huge world for the player, um, you can bring up a map and just scroll across it. And it really is quite large. Uh, unlike Sonic, there's a bit more puzzling here. But what was really cool about it is that it felt intuitive and it didn't really slow down the action. Really, you're trying to get you know certain shots. You're trying to you know angle or you know curve the ball through different portholes and move it throughout the playfield uh what also needs to be discussed is the game's hand-drawn aesthetic and it's just filled with what i saw this lush kind of rural greenery that's bound to be compared to totoro so really kind of cool studio ghibli-esque vibe there so that's what i saw yeah that's what i saw from uh team 17 and I really like just the level of enthusiasm from the different developers that worked on the game, and just how the how the publisher just moved away from the Worms, their most famous uh, franchise, and moved in kind of different directions. All of them look cool. All, all of them look pretty promising there. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. Yeah, yeah. About it. So, so that was. Um, I spent an hour there, and I can judge how much I like it by how quick that hour goes by. This one felt like fifteen minutes versus, you know, some other <laughs> some other showings which felt about 3 <laughs> hours long. We shall not yes, be named which were about we like 3 about hours that. long and I was bored to tears. That's me at E3.
1: Besides that, did you ever get to see any other interesting indie game?
0: That was the main ones that were pretty
1: Well, I didn't I didn't get to go to E3, but I did get to see some that caught my attention on the news like I'm sure you probably read about it or you got to see it there the last night. No. By Yuri. You did not. It's a beautiful uh, cyberpunk adventure. It's got, um, it's, it, like, the aesthetics are really beautiful because it combines pixel art with a little bit of 3D uh, depth of sorts. There's a lot of rich lightning and there's motion to this, which is just grieves to the beautiful environment and, and, and experience on itself. Like, I've never really seen something like that with pixel art before. I'm actually looking forward for that one. And I'm not a big fan of cyberpunk adventures, but that looks interesting something to check out as well oh yeah
0: i did see that during the presser
1: Yeah, i'm sure you probably saw it around the news because it I, did, I
0: well i saw it on twitter people discussing you know some of the background of it but you know definitely now, now you mentioned it, it did look cool i did not see it anywhere you did not, not
1: anywhere in the but audience. you
0: have to remember where i'm going oh yeah of
1: course yeah you don't I go <laughs> you so Lollywood. all the right. way you go entirely somewhere else <laughs> right well there's My a lot E3 of different games experience that experience
0: is probably different.
1: Uh yeah, y- your experience in general is <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, oh second low blow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's not that's not a bad nah. thing. It's, you're a very special um snowflake. That's such okay. a good thing.
0: So, so with that, before, no, but- before you, you put the uppercut <laughs> to finish off this combo, we're like playing visual arms. No. Here, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the things we've been playing. So one of the first things I want to talk about is a game called Hollow Knight. Oh, yes. Yeah, so growing up, I, I was quite familiar with the Belmont family. I first played Castlevania on the NES on the back of my dinosaur in 1987, um, <laughs> which was kind of hard to do. I <laughs> pre-switcher. I. Uh, I graduated to the uh, SNES with Super Castlevania 4. I still remember Paul Abghoul and Fred Scare some of the worst localization puns that would plague American games for um, for... Years And I was also one of the first Americans to claim that I played Symphony of the Night at launch. And I'll admit, I completely missed the entire Upside Down Castle into months later, until I read about that. So, beyond <laughs> these titles, I played nearly every oh, man. Metroidvania I could get my hands on in recent years. Needless to say, I love the genre, but alas, there's a little too much copypasta going on. And while I enjoyed, say, Cave Story, Guacamelee, and Axiom Verge... I'm always craving a little bit more Deviation uh, from each Successive effort So thankfully Hollow Hollow Knight um, Tweaks a number of these tenets uh, You boot up Team Cherry's title And you'll play as this Diminutive little insect who looks like a beetle He carries a Maybe it's a small pin or a nail with him that functions like a sword, which kind of makes sense. It feels like something that a little tiny insect would pick up and fight with, right? Um, and yes, wow, there, there's it
1: must be fantastic living in your head. <laughs> like it makes sense. Right. It's like what? The... One... <laughs> what the hell is making sense of that? But okay, well, what else would a beetle <laughs> host... fight
0: with? Would he pick up a you laser? A pew pew lasers? <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: He'd pick up a little,
0: little tiny pin or right nail.
1: Okay, just let's let's move on. The cream is maybe he would break a rubber
0: band in half and use it as a whip, perhaps. But that's a different show. So anyway, wow. um, <laughs> so there's the usual procession of movement enhancing perks, allowing you to eventually do things like double jump. You can air dash, you can wall run, you can stomp, and. Given the, the tendency for interiors to be filled with spikes, you'll need every ability to kind of make your way through the game. Navigation, I will admit, can be tricky but here's where Hollow Knight draws distinction. In many metroidvanias, there's a linear path through the game. Occasionally, there's a little alcove to be found, or a path that's obviously gated and inaccessible until you find the the proper perk. But here, you can wander basically in any direction. You make your way through this network of tunnels, rooms, and the occasional boss battle. And, and, well, I, I said occasional, but I don't mean scarce. Hollow Knight is a Probably thirty-five plus hour marathon, thirty different boss battles, yeah. um, and an absolutely massive environment to explore. Uh, there's also a wealth of non-essential material, which is kind of indicated or hinted at by the percentage awarded when you finish the game. On average, there'll probably be twenty to f- maybe fifteen to twenty percent of optional boss fights and secrets to be found for most players. You won't.
1: It's a little bit difficult to play but It's it's really yeah hard.
0: yeah. Uh, it's definitely channels that. ...that, hey, you need to step up your game in order to survive here. So it's clear, the one thing I want to talk about is it's clear that Team Cherry wanted you to explore... ...and not just follow a map. Because usually, you know, I'll kind of map my way and navigate my way through, say, a castle... And I will rely on that But here, uh, there, there's cartography But it's not just given away to players uh, Here you have to use Geo, which is the game's currency, to purchase The maps, first of all And then you have to find this homing map maker, And you use the volume of his melody To kind of hone in on him And then you have to move to a save point Before there's an indication of areas visited So even then, the map is so broad It, it only provides this macro level View of the game's regions and I, And I don't see that in a bad way but i really like the way they offer a map but you cannot really rely on that to to navigate your way through things the other thing i want to mention is the look of the game It just has a wealth of hand-drawn art in regions that that extend each uh, each of their own distinctive styles um
1: absolutely love it because it's it's a beautiful combination of aesthetics of this glow and this colorful area with you know this whimsical drawn-in mm-hmm. kind of characters and enemies, and just fantastic. And, and as you
0: mentioned, combat is difficult, but it's really solid. There's avatar, uh, adversaries yes, who course. don't just rush the player, but actually move in patterns and might use a shield to block you. They kind of recall some of the foes from Shovel Knight. In fact, some of the mechanics are, are quite similar. Sure, there is the dumb one, the occasional dumb one, who follows a predictable pattern, but many of them fight back. Um, they sword fight the the game, Brave Little Beetle. Uh, one thing that's really interesting is the way health restoration is handled. Instead of pausing the game and applying one of these scarce items to recharge, you hold down a button which leaves you prone for a few seconds while while it charges. Uh, it might seem like a small change, but you can really feel the tension of risk, especially during a boss battle. I, you know, constant, <laughs> oh, yeah. constantly, yeah. I am like, oh, I really want my health back, but there is the possibility that you know somebody's going to, um, somebody's just going to knock me down while I'm doing it. Uh, when you do get hit. One interesting thing is the game freezes for a split second Which feels deliberately jarring And can kind of break your momentum So not only do you lose health But the flow of the game kind of changes And I thought that was a really interesting design decision Maybe, uh you know, some people might not like it, but I I thought it's it a recreation of being hit in battle. It is a really interesting kind of metaphor there. Uh, death also has a system which recalls shovel knight, uh, die and you leave behind a ghost, not money bags, but a ghost this time, which you're teleported and, and then you're teleported to the last save point. If you can defeat your ghost, you continue. But if you're defeated, you're penalized and you lose all your money. So that ghost fight can get pretty intense. So essentially, if you even have a faint interest in Metroidvanias, you'll want to check out Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight, kind of a good thing. Second on my list, Oxygen Not Included. I'm going to talk about the next game with a bit of a warning. Oxygen Not Included isn't for everyone. So even if you like resource management and crafting games like the developer's previous effort, don't starve. This game might not be for you, at least in its current early access state. But if you all are the type of person who gets sucked into simulations with a myriad of little tiny moving parts, there's the possibility you will get pulled in hard and you know, not go to bed till five AM. Uh, which is kind of what happened to me last night. So play, <laughs> play Start Simple. Uh, you get a trio of randomly generated colonists. They're called duplicants. They are buried deep within a small underground facility. Survival essentially entails mining the surrounding area, gathering raw materials that can be transformed into things for your survival, such as food, water, livable temperature, and like the title implies, of course, enough oxygen to keep the team alive. Playing day by day, it's fairly easy just to scrape by. You you excavate the area around you, and you're living fairly hand-to-mouth. But who wants to live like that? Certainly not me. And as such, right, (laughs) there's a natural lure towards creating these livable habitats. And this involves things like plumbing, uh, electrical systems, farms, and even recycling facilities that can lessen your waste footprint, right? And even for some characters, that means you can use your own farts to power (laughs) the system. Right? And th- there's a lot of different systems, so you don't just have to rely on uh, some of the farts. There's coal um, systems there. But here's the catch. Everything in this complex simulation has a downside. Whether it is CO2 emission, heat, or this is what kills me every time, a level of stress that affects my level of output. Right? Um, what's really genius... The low stress? The level of stress. Right, and so your your uh, duplicants they get stressed out, and then their work pit suffers because of that.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, so stress is the killer uh, in this game, and and it almost just
1: like in real life. Yeah, it almost
0: seems they're making <laughs> a, a political statement here. Um, what's really genius about the game is how well it's just all thought out. So you're presented with this 2D perspective with the same kind of car- vaguely cartoonish style from Don't Starve. And also, it's super easy to pick up, right? It, it gets complicated, but at the very beginning, you might even think, is this all I'm doing? Um, so you're selecting parts of the environment for your, for your colonists to mine. You're extracting blocks from the landscape. Movement is... Pretty straightforward with your team able to climb up one block, and anything that's that's um, higher than that requires building ladders. But as you dig your way, one of the things you realize is that maybe it would—it's not the best technique to build one large room. And naturally, you start drifting into the building materials to craft rooms and hallways. but you—you just learn from certain things like. Pretty soon you realize, hey, maybe breaking into where there's water isn't a good idea, or CO2, or a vacuum area because, hey, that could be the death of us all. Um, so one of the things that's really interesting <laughs> just is details. yes, it is
1: on, through details.
0: is through experimentation <laughs> you discover things like, hey, there's engineering guidelines. So you know I built this walkway but it wasn't supported very well and it fell. Uh, unlike so, or unlike some games, or sometimes they'll they'll just succumb to um, pressure. Um, There are a ton of variables going on, and seeing how they fit together can be immensely enjoyable. But it does, as I mentioned, require a fairly significant investment in time. Uh, It's still in early access. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I'm reading here, and it says that uh, it's still in early access, and they plan to include so much more content, but how much content is there right now because
0: there, there, it says that there's a ton
1: there's a lot of people playing it This is they have uh, the game has already been played by over 150,000 players in its current state and there's like a hundreds of hours played so, so, so much more content so right now if, you, if you
0: purchase it right now it's playable but one of the things I feel is that stress is overemphasized and kind of under underdeveloped there's high levels uh, of stress they can produce right now four different outcomes stress eating usually stru- screws me over a little too often. Um, so one of the things is that right now... Are you
1: talking in real life or are you talking in <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. It mirrors real life, so, you know.
1: It kind of yes, does. It like, does. Excuse like it it right. me for a second. sends
0: me to the, to the noodle house. But anyway, so stress reduction <laughs> right now is a little too straightforward. So you're... Um, your um, colonists, they they have this level of stress. And so one of the things you can do is, is create different things in their environments. And so you copy, uh, you put art on the walls. You can put uh, like a treadmill and those type of things. And so it's a little too, there's probably a little too much emphasis because I find stress to be the big killer. And then I find the uh, how to alleviate that. Is just a little too simple With spamming art all over the living quarters um, It just feels like a funny Little placebo So that I think are some of the things That uh, Clay is going to work on Other than that little bit of be- Balancing the game is immensely fun and gradually imparts knowledge with each playthrough. So, so, a
1: lot of fun. so
0: one of the things early on, you'll just seem to be randomly harvesting materials, but then you'll notice oh, different colors and textures, and they signal different types of ore. And just a small tip for everybody who plays it, look for those cracked areas in the ground. They will reward you, right? Those are the things that, that will give you um, seeds, that will give you food, and so forth, that you need to survive. And so it's, it's one of these games where when you start, and I guess it's very similar to, to Don't Starve, you, you're given this environment where you really know nothing about it, and little by little, each successive playthrough is kind of like a Groundhog Day. You learn more and more about it, and so you're able to do that much better. So, Re- yeah, it's, it's okay. really kind of cool and addictive. The the one thing, probably a little bit too addictive, and it also I've noticed it, it <laughs> is kind of because there's so much, so many calculations, it can be. A CPU um, killer uh, because one of the things I noticed is that my laptop its fans were really humming on there uh, frame rate and everything, it, it holds up well but it just turned on the fan uh, but that could be the summer temperatures as well. Could be. Yeah so oxygen you not...
1: stress out your computer <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean there's too much stress going on <laughs> in real life, yeah, that could be stress all around so feed, Just for that
1: it's going on my wish list.
0: Yeah, it should,
1: it should. I'm sold
0: it's just don't play it like <laughs> late at night because you'll lose sleep. You'll wake up the next day groggy and stressed.
1: This is like you though. That that's you every day. That's me. Are huh? you sure this just you? Yeah.
0: Okay. Maybe that's the variable. <laughs>
1: that's me.
0: It's just me. Enough about me. What about you? What have you been
1: playing? I did get to play two fantastic new games. One of the games that I got to play was Bendy and the Ink Machine. Yes. This is the first uh person puzzle action horror game that um, will forever ruin your childhood love of cartoons. That's that's basically uh, the description that they've got on the store. This game is developed and published by the Midley Games. I'm sure you've been you've seen them before, yeah. the Meatly cartoons. They finally got to publish their first game, and I'm very happy for them. There are only two episodes available on Steam. The third one just got uh, recently announced, I think this month or something like this, but there's no release date yet. Um... The game is really fun. I really liked it. Uh, the first, um, it is a first person horror experience. The story starts when you receive a letter from an old co-worker. This person has invited you to go back to meet him there. And uh, there's one thing that I have to say about this. is This is the this poopiest workplace I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, I will never work in a place like that, ever. Like, it's so dark and so creepy. It's like, yeah, let's go meet at this workplace and stuff. And it just looks like A nightmare it's Um, worse than freddy's pizzeria Uh, i think it's worse than that it's really spooky um there's not much information to go by on the story i mean you just get started with this uh with this letter and you just show up and start walking into the story um the typical puzzle you know um you just you know run into items you run into events you start solving uh solving puzzles and getting through the story this way you really have no idea what's going on until it actually starts happening to you. That's why it was kind of like an immersive story of sorts. The game sets the tone from the first episode and on. Um, it's got this fantastic mood to it. Like, it's somewhat dark and confusing and, and and it's, you know, very obscure. Like, you don't even know what the hell is, is, is going on. Like, the, there's reading on the walls and whatnot. Um, I don't want to spoil the game. This is why I'm trying to be as vague as possible. I don't want to spoil the story. I, I will just strongly recommend people, if you like horror, at least give this um, game, the first episode, a try. It's free, so you can go ahead and download it right now and check it out if you like it. Uh, you know, And based on, the, on how you feel playing it, is it's exactly how you're going to probably experience the second and probably the further episodes coming along there's not much else, as I said, not much else to say at this point. I did like the the second episode better than the first one. My only complaint is that um, they feel very short. There's a lot of people that are saying something in regards of how much it is and how much of playtime you're getting for that. Um, But I I do appreciate it. I did like it. Uh, It seems that Provides to to give you this kind of like it's a charming but very intense paced experience to it. Like yes, there are there are jump scares. It also um, opens to a very uh, dark. Lot I will have to say, the the second episode had me thinking that I was just not mentally prepared for any of that. Like I was not. I mean, when I got into the game, I was expecting, oh, it's just you know, Stark is poopy and you know whatever. But I think there's much more than that, and it got really serious at the very end of the second episode. Like I did not see that coming. I'm a big fan of horror games. Uh, I've always been a, a long-time follower of the Meatly, so i um, very happy to support them. I bought the game, actually, and I'm very happy that I did. Um, I remember talking to you about it, <laughs> and you were like, but how could you get scared with a game? You know, spooky games are spooky, and whatever the fuck you said, you know, because you're always grumpy. And... I- <laughs> and i remember because it's like oh god what am i talking to him about this of course you never get scared about anything you only get scared about over noodles or something like that i don't know
0: and taxes yes
1: well that we all do sadly but no i mean the game does combine different dynamics which is what i think helps with this shock of this impression of, of, of because sometimes you know you're concentrating looking for an item and then an event happens and that's kind of like the scare that you get so um these experiences are contrasting i, I enjoy that actually i was not expecting that these experiences are the contrast and they catch you off guard which is something that i really enjoyed in, in this whole horror experience i found that interesting i would recommend the game just go ahead and check out the first episode as i said it's for free
0: yeah
1: so if you like it you can actually just consider uh buying the next ones that was my happy experience. I, for the first time in all the time that we've been doing in the Outlook, I finally have a horrible experience.
0: <laughs> you, played, really you played Sound Dodger again?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Robert, you want <are>, to <laughs> <laughs> dipshit here? No. <laughs> Actually, I I think you should you should probably remember the screenshots that I sent you that you thought that I was trolling you. There was this guy. um, There's this game, sorry, on Steam that it's called Mystery Mine. You know, this was an obscure indie title that I found via new releases. Uh, it had no views, no votes. It had absolutely nothing. Like nobody had ever seen this game before, and I I think it probably sold like <laughs> I don't know, like One five copy or ten copies. Ten. copies at the time. Yeah, something like that. I was like a 10th of copy, and there's absolutely nothing to it. And I was like, well, you know, let's. It doesn't look so bad, you know. Uh, let's let's go ahead and and you know and and check it out. I like and the stuff way like you
0: that. rescue the neglected, abandoned Steam puppies. The ones without well, a home, nobody cares about.
1: I can sincerely tell you that I have never regretted something so <laughs> horribly in my life that I do now. Seriously, I was like, it wasn't expensive. It was like I don't know, like three dollars or something. That says, oh, like, let's go out and this just seriously, what the fuck was I thinking? Okay, I'm just gonna re- I'm gonna read the, the Steam Store information as it shows. It says something like the history is Umbonga. I don't care if I said it right what? or not. What used to be?
0: <laughs> I'm <laughs> lost used- already. What? <laughs> Umbunga?
1: <laughs> and that is the name of the character, Umbunga. Okay. Umbunga, okay. Okay, whatever. Yeah, okay, whatever. Used to be just a simple worker in a small village far from the civilization. Once he meets an ancient spirit who needs his help, period. There's a period here. <laughs> the spirit promises to protect Mungas village from the greater evil. So, Umbunga <laughs> <laughs> decides to come with him to the underworld. So you were in hell. That explains a lot. Then the gameplay says, okay, our goals are to find a way to the underworld.
0: And then We get into bullet points?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's this. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. To help the spirit and to save our village.
0: Yeah. Okay. And that's
1: it. It's <laughs> that's it. Here, more so than normal. And his waiting. The player was sold. Three
0: question, question, for profit.
1: <laughs> Fighting with monsters, overcoming dangerous obstacles, solving puzzles, learning the story of the world, and that's it. That's all it says. There is absolutely—I mean, I played this game for about half an hour, and I swear to God, I have no idea what the fuck I was thinking when I bought this. Like every single time, something happened. Like I will get damaged from falling, or I will get eaten by—I think what I think was a like a spider or something. I don't even know what the fuck I was. It's, I just regretted every single dollar <laughs> I spent. So let out let's let's just get out of the way the good stuff the good stuff is that the pixel art wasn't bad well, it wasn't bad okay
0: <laughs> it's it a it, it wasn't horrible that's
1: it that's it i mean that's about the only positive thing that i can possibly say about this game it doesn't look bad but let's continue with everything else everything fucking sucks i mean i'm sorry this is probably the first time you will ever hear me talking so foul wow. about a game but it just I mean, it, there's even an fucking ice cream truck outside my window right now. I was like, this is a horrible experience. Anyways, that, that's going to be um, in the
0: sequel, by the way. <laughs> the haunted ice cream So truck.
1: the intro of this game, I mean, this is a retro pixel style, style kind of game. And the intro had this traditional illustration style. Do you remember the screenshots yeah, I sent you? Yeah, I do. It made no fucking sense. It's like completely out of place in a retro pixel-like game. It felt like I was watching a PowerPoint slide of sorts, you know, like back in the days of GeoCities, when you will go into these websites and you will see these incredible pixelated images, and they will go as a, as an animation or something. That's exactly what it felt like. I know that it makes me sound like a hundred years old, but I am too, anyway. So whatever. Did your dinosaur also
0: have a GeoCity site? I think he did. <laughs> I think he did? <laughs> he did yes.
1: Both did. But you know, the horrible art direction, it just comes along with a horrible localization, like the worst I have ever seen in my entire fucking life ever. Playing games, playing with games. There was not just the problems to be had with, you know, common basic structures. Like, God, I just can't even explain. It's just so frustrating. It was bad English. It was typos. There was a lot of different things in between that just felt really poorly produced like nobody read that I don't know I just I don't know it was very disappointing it was just sad to see something like that it didn't make any sense you know and a par- probably the story and everything else it's, it's got some merit it's got some value but the way it was presented and was put together no please don't do that ever again in your life no don't just fuck off so at first, you know, the mistakes are kind of funny. I started taking screenshots and I was like, hey, look at this, you will leave this. But, you know, as I kept taking more screenshots and as I kept take, uh, taking more time trying to figure out the game, the what the fuck factor just run off and I was just sad. <laughs> it, was just, it was just less and less fun to play along. There's aesthetic problems, there's um, there's gameplay problems, there's music problems. Uh, even the sound effects were really unpleasant. Like, every single time he takes we'll take damage, it was... There's <laughs> the other way to say. It. it was just uncomfortable to to hear that like the the sF the FX sounds were louder than the music or something. It's just hard to explain. It's just so bad. It's horrible. And you know, as I said, even the gameplay was awful because you could you could complete an entire level, even though that you had quests to do, but the quest didn't matter. so you completed the level and I got an achievement. and I don't even know why I got an achievement for. It's like, What's going on here? Like, what is this? I'm supposed to get a weapon. I need, didn't get anything. I went into a cave and apparently they finished the level. I don't know what the hell happened. It was really unpleasant. I had no fun whatsoever. Um, I wasted my money entirely. The music was bad. The dialogue was horrible. The interface was just terrible. The gameplay did not make any sense. It wasn't even fair. Like, you could jump from rock to rock and you will not take damage, but you will fall into the rock downstairs and you will take damage why like it just doesn't make any sense like i don't know what the hell i ever did but i feel like I, I i feel such deep regret after buying this it's like i felt like i was being punished for something ever done in my life i don't know that's what it felt like don't buy this game don't buy it don't, just
0: don't. is there steam curation for masochists it would just be like the worst no games of steam to suffer through if not, if there's not, we should we should Just start don't
1: that. buy this yeah, game. Just, In fact, you know, have... I will go as far as to say, any developer that throws a game like that on Steam without any care, effort, or what they're doing, they don't deserve your money. So don't, don't yes. even waste your time. Watch like out! Indie Outlook
0: is going to call you out.
1: But, seriously, it's just, like, traumatized. And, even and probably sell
0: a few copies from curious people in the process.
1: Probably, because people are masochists, but just don't fucking buy that shit. Like, just take it from me. It's garbage. In fact, there's a few user reviews in there from, I think it's Russian or something. Even people that got the game for free hated it. Like... <laughs>
0: That's a new yes, low.
1: It's, it's, it's
0: well, a, let's uh, let's try to turn this ship around. Talk about things we are looking forward to.
1: Sorry. So I, I have I one. You
0: used the F bomb at least 6 times. That's, Sorry.
1: Oh god. Well.
0: That's enough uptick. That's all right. We got the explicit tag. <laughs> I wanted to end the show discussing a couple titles we're looking forward to. On my list, top of my list, is Katana Zero. That is the ASCII soft developed, not ASCII as the way it's usually spelled, but with a K. Adult Swim Games published action platformer due before year's end. I'd like games that make you feel like a badass. Uh, Clay F- is Mark B- of the Ninja. Mason,
1: amazing, by the way. Yes,
0: Mark of the Ninja had all these tools at your disposal beyond in this game, beyond using your sword to elegantly hack through enemies and slash away at bullets. Bullets, you can sneak, you can wall jump, you can use a grapple hook, even slow down time. One really comical bit is that the protagonist moves so fast that he errantly slices a text box spilling letters all over the screen, which is kind of cool. Um, the hook <laughs> looks like the hook is going to be found in the balance with Zero kind of juxtaposing all those abilities with a one hit and you're dead tension. Uh, I like that the game shuns the procedural environments for ones that are handcrafted, th- really forcing you to use your entire ability set. Now, w- there's space for procedurally crafted stages, much like you know, Oxygen not included, but I think with platformers, it's a bit different. Um, for me, appeal also stems from the game's art style, which is pixelated, but there's an emphasis on lighting to create mood. Just looks really cool. I uh, watched a you know short video and seen some gameplay of it, and it's something that I want want to play day one so katana zero
1: have you ever heard about we're... this developer before by the way no uh, i have not because, I, I looked yeah, at their some style of the, is um... fantastic i love the style yes. and i love the feel of it i
0: i, I looked at the bios for some of the developers and they worked a myriad of different games some of them uh adult swim uh games even sound dodger you just, just, what am i doing it. what Let's are you stop. looking forward to <laughs>
1: um Oh, yeah, there is a good game that's coming along, I think, later this year. Oh, yeah, On July, July 27th, The Dark Side Detective. It is yes. an indie point-and-click adventure that I remember checking it out. Clicky. Uh, clicky. You know I love point-and-click games. <laughs> yeah. The thing is that that's... this game, yes. when I, I remember the first time I got to see it was when Brenda Romero, she was talking about it. And I didn't think much of it at the time but then I started following the guys on Facebook and they dropped a demo I think it was last year or something and I fell in love with the game the game has a lot of humor there's got a lot of you know funny dialogues funny situations it's got interesting puzzles so far seems to be a very promising um indie production that I really look forward to especially because I love games with humor
0: especially clickies
1: are you gonna give me shit about liking clickies (laughs) No, I'm gonna give you a shit he about your dinosaur, like man. <laughs> yes, of course I do.
0: <laughs> it was the fastest We're... dinosaur of the oh. 1980s. Yes, yes, We're we are. a
1: fucking old deal with it. No, but it's a great game, really. I would recommend you, t- everybody, to just go ahead and check out the demo. They still have the de- Yeah, they do have the demo available on their site, and they have it on Steam now. Let me double check. Yes, the demo is available on Steam as well, so you can go ahead and wishlist it and. Enjoy when it comes out. It's coming out end of July, by the way. Oh, Birthday presents, hand hint.
0: Okay. <laughs> that okay. was a
1: shameless. That was a shameless plug. Yes, I'm getting old. Wow. I have To celebrate it.
0: All right. So why don't we wrap things up before I keel over and die? Just hit the okay. keyboard. <laughs> you hear? Click, 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 click. As my head well, hits that peaky.
1: Oh jeez. Well, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Robert on Twitter at at Take Gaming. No, tech underscore tech. gaming. Somebody
0: else owns Tech Gaming, I don't know who but he has three followers. You have a lot, you have a Hold lot on of to that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter as well as saymg.wtn. I also are you saying have, I have, a lot I have
0: a lot of what? You have a lot of what? Of yours? I
1: don't know. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that. <laughs> I'm Thanks. sorry, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. You have a lot of